Welcome to the Enduring Churches Podcast. I'm Alan Small, and I'm here with my wonderful friend, Trent Young, and we are so glad uh, to be with you today. Um, it's been a while since he, Trent and I have actually recorded. We've had a lot of things going on, and so we're kind of glad to be back in our studio situation, recording and talking with you, encouraging you and your church to endure in ministry. And we're going to do one of those why things today, Trent. I guess we've got kind of a a question why so talk to us about our why today yeah and this is a i think it'll be an interesting conversation anyway but our question is why do churches keep bad pastors and so if you're a pastor uh, we want you to know that hey we understand alan and i have both served as pastors and uh, we want this to, to be an encouragement or to get you to think about um you know we don't want you to be that guy right alan that's right. That's right. We don't want you to be that person that, you know, your church is asking, why do we keep this guy around? But, you know, in our experience, now that we are kind of in a different role and we see churches from kind of an outsider perspective, we certainly see situations where it's not a good marriage and something probably should change. And that sometimes sometimes it happens too fast and sometimes it should happen and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before we really get into this, I have to say, because of what you said, Alan, that, um, you know, I see a lot of churches that they don't ask enough questions or they don't get enough information in the interview process. And so they they end up calling someone that really isn't a good fit. And there's we have lots of podcasts about uh, the search process and the interviews and all those things. And I really would encourage you to go back and listen to those um, and just kind of see what we're talking about there. But but today, you know, we want to talk about why do churches keep a bad pastor? Um, and, you know, there's a calling that we have as a pastor. and We want to we want to do that. But sometimes it's it's not a good fit. And sometimes the person maybe hasn't done the training that they need to or hasn't had the opportunity to even have the training. Yeah, and it's understandable, and sometimes I don't even think it's ill intent. You know, we're going to talk about some of these reasons, and some of the reasons are, are pretty, kind of almost like in your face. But one, some of the things I think that, that cause people to maybe not become good pastors are, you know, I had this sense of calling, and so I just jumped in, and I didn't do any training, I haven't done any preparation, and I haven't done all those all those things, and it can kind of become a an awkward uh, situation and i think that ha- happens more and more in some of our churches because there is such a lack of people going into ministry today that it's harder to find one and so maybe you tend to want to hold on to one who who's not equipped to do it mm-hmm. yeah we also i know in both of our associations that we work with we have a lot of bivocational or co-vocational is the new term uh, pastors who work a full-time job outside of ministry and then also do ministry. And a lot of our guys like that haven't had the opportunity to go go to seminary to get any, any training. And uh, I'm thankful that Alan and I have the opportunity to hopefully give them some resources, help them along the way. We, that's really what we want to do is we want to be an encourager so that you, those guys especially – can have some equipping and so that they don't struggle with some of the things we're going to list for you here in just a moment. 
Yeah, so the, I guess the first question, Trent, what, what makes a pastor a bad pastor? Well, yeah, and it seems like these are some no-brainers. But and, and also, too, I have to say that it, just like you said, Alan, it's not a good fit. And so maybe a pastor in a place where they are is not a good fit and it, things turn out badly, where they, in a different situation, they might be fine. So kind of keep that in mind. But but the first thing that we, um, you know, comes to mind is a pastor spends a lot of his time speaking before people. You know, the the uh, biggest fear in the entire world is public speaking. And uh, here we are doing that. And if you don't have the ability to connect with your audience, um, to put um, information or a sermon together in a way that's comprehensive or, or incohesive, um, your church is just going to tune you out. And guests aren't going to come, and they're certainly not going to stay. And there's a lot of, a lot of faults you can have as, as a pastor, but being a bad speaker is not something you can get away with if you're the teaching in that teaching role in, in the pulpit every week. So you know, that's that's probably one of the most noticeable areas and one of the things that really is kind of the unforgivable sin of a pastor. It's not that we shouldn't get better, too. I, I mean, I think there's a difference between having room for improvement and just being flat out bad. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, you know, hopefully somebody is willing to speak the truth and love into our lives sometimes, right? And tell us, hey, dude, this is an area you're not strong in. And and if that's the case, there are so many great resources where you can get better. Um, organizations where you can learn um, speaking skills to where you can put a cohesive sentence together, uh, you know, and uh, that you can uh, share those thoughts and those things that God is laying on your heart. You want to be able to share them so that your people can be taught. Yeah, you know, we, we each had to take preaching classes. And they're not ones you look forward to. They certainly, certainly have a lot of questions, and certainly differing types, differing types of classes everywhere for that. But it is important. It is important to have a critical eye and a critical ear when it comes to sermon development. And so, that's certainly an area that if you're if you're a bad pastor and you're a bad speaker. That's a, that's a, not a good not a not a good combination. So you can be bad in speaking. There's another area, Trent, that that's very dangerous, and that's just when you're a bad leader. Yeah, you know, if there's and that is sometimes includes your speaking ability, but it also you know includes being able to share a vision, share your passion, um, leading people. Where where are you taking your church family? Um, and, you know, Alan and I have mentioned several times that we like to listen to John Maxwell uh, business leadership um, studies and things like that. And he always says that you'll never recruit or bring in people to be leaders that are higher level leaders than you are. And so you've got to grow as a leader to be able to lead your church well. Yeah, if you're leader, if you're if you're leading people and you look around and no one's following you, you've got a problem. You know, and I've, I've run across some pastors who, who think that they're great leaders and they turn around and their church never follows their lead. And if they never follow your lead, you're not really leading any, anyone. 
leadership by definition means there's followers. And if no one's following, you're not leading. And if you're not leading, you've got a problem. And that's that's just the the reality of of, of the role we have in ministry. Because you know, if as they say, if leadership is influence, and we're not having a positive influence on anyone, then we're truly not leading them as God would have us lead them. And then the other side of that is, is if your leadership is just bad leadership, you know, and if you're leading people in a wrong direction or away from the cross or away from Christ and their relationship with Christ, and that's that's bad leadership. And and we've seen that. I mean, there's certainly been leaders who were not good leaders and have led people away from from Christ in the name of Christ. And so mm-hmm. those those are kind of a couple areas where leadership can go wrong. Right. Well, and um, this is one of those areas, Alan, where I think that it, it really does depend on your setting and your situation where you're serving as a, as a pastor. And this sounds bad, and but there are churches that are not looking for a leader. I mean, honestly, and those are not good situations to be in to begin with, but they're just looking to keep things the same. They don't want, they don't want to do anything, go anywhere. And uh, I just, man, I could not handle pastoring a church like that. That would drive me nuts. But they, they, they are out there and they're looking sometimes for those guys who are not leaders to begin with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's a problem because in those situations, you have to be, you have to go in as a stronger leader and earn the respect to basically become the leader. And that's tough. It's tough enough in a great setting. You know, when I think back to my, to my first role um, as a pastor, I wasn't the leader of the church. <laughs> you know, there were, there were several others who were more skilled and more gifted leaders I had to learn and grow and develop and continue to learn and grow and develop. And that is part of the role of ministry. But I also earned the right over time to be considered differently um, as a leader. And that's what you do. You you earn the right. You, you take steps in leadership. You're not born a great leader. That's a very few people could say we're born leaders. It's, it is a skill that we develop along the way. So, you know, you can be a bad speaker, you can be a bad leader, those things will make you a bad pastor. Um, this one this one will implode you really fast, and that's when you've got an, a morality problem. Yeah, um, and we see this, right, all the time, and, and the media loves to jump on these situations where a pastor is caught in an immorality, um, he's made some decisions. Usually those don't happen all at once, but there is a there's a slow fade off into making choices again and again and again. And so um, these, these types of situations, um, they don't tend, churches don't tend to keep somebody around who ha- has made choices that have led to immorality. Would, would you agree with that, Alan, or disagree? Well, I would agree, except I've seen it. I mean, I have seen it. I, knew, I know of a church where, Everyone knew their pastor was having had was having an affair with a married woman. He was a single man, mm-hmm. and they just turned a blind eye to it. Mm. You know, someone tried to call it out. They turned a blind eye, didn't care because they they liked him so much. And it seems that we do have some protecting 
of people who have done things and knowingly done things in churches and and that that is a problem i mean that's something that i think even if we look at our in within our own circles of southern baptist life there have been some concerns that maybe some things have been covered up that shouldn't have been covered up so i'd like to say that that'll get you but sadly i'm not sure it always does yeah and I guess I've heard of situations too where they they hang on to someone. Maybe he is a great speaker. Maybe he's been there for a long time. Um, and we want to be thought of as people who are gracious, uh, forgiving, and uh, you know, as long as there is that that place where you know they keep him, but they they confront him you know, and, and say, okay, we've got a plan to work you back into what you're supposed to be, that person of character. And that doesn't happen very often, sadly. No. Yeah. You know, so, but our morality goes beyond, you know, I think our first thought is, you know, has to do with the sexual relationships of, of mm -hmm. pastors, but there's other ways to be immoral. How we spend mm -hmm. our money, how, how, how we lead our ministries, you know, I, I remember a conversation with someone who who was not, who was a self-professed atheist, up in arms, saying every church should lose their nonprofit status because all pastors are just like so and so, you know, who has the private airplane and is manipulating mm -hmm. tax laws and sheltering yeah. money and all this, and assumes that every pastor does that. And that is not most pastors no. is the exception. But in their mind, every pastor was a mega was was like a TV evangelist doing evil and immoral things. And and that breaks my heart because how do you break that stereotype for someone who, who doesn't know the Lord when that's what they see and that's what they hear about? And so, you know, there's a lot of ways to be immoral besides um just in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, and the sad thing is, you know, the the vast majority of pastors serving around the world are guys who are working so hard and have their hearts on their sleeves, taking care of a small flock and just loving on those people with all they have. Um, <laughs> they're by far not paid what they're worth. Um, and but they wouldn't wouldn't take any more anyway because they love those people, and it's sad that, like you said, for some people to group everyone together like that. But that's not what they're like. Yeah, and you're so right, and I'm glad you you said it like that. So you know, Trent, I think as we look at these lists, you know, a bad speaker, you know, almost every person's got one good sermon out, enough mm -hmm. to get hired, unless yeah. you've done the research. <laughs> Right. Unless you you've checked in, have you looked at have you looked at other sermons they've preached? Have you have you done that? Leadership, have you have you checked their references? And have you asked their references? Is there anyone else we could talk to to find out more about this person um, and their leadership, their morality? You know, do have you done a background check? Have you done a credit check? You know, I would encourage you, if you're calling a pastor, do those two things. Find out oh, yeah. everything you can. Um, to, to know uh, um, about that person, you know, and including how they care for their money. I think that that is important. You know, uh, the uh, these other ones, it's where it gets a little more subjective and a, and a little more difficult in, in figuring those things out. Um, but, you know, how's their pastoral care? Do they care for the flock? 
you know, there's churches where a pastor can can get to a certain place where maybe they weren't strong in that, but they were such a good speaker or such a good administrator or something that they can hire someone to help them out in this area. But in a lot of our churches, they rely on the pastor to to do a lot of pastoral care. And if you don't care for if you don't care for your flock, you're not going to be a good pastor in that situation. I th and I've said this a lot of times, and Alan, tell me if you agree with this, but it's rare to find somebody who is a great preacher and a great pastor. You'd think that those would go together, but it's there's sometimes it's just, I don't know if it's a characteristic or personality type that people, some people are an amazing speaker, but they're not good on the one in the one-on-one -on -one situations. Yeah, I think it's hard to find someone who can do everything, but isn't it hard to find a pastor who's great at everything, right? So, yeah, yeah, we're not going to be great at everything. No pastor is going to be wonderful at everything, but there is a difference. You know, you can have deficiencies, but can you acknowledge those deficiencies? Do you work to manage your deficiencies? I think that's the important part. You know, I, I feel like over over the years, I probably realized that even though I can do the pastoral care stuff, the hospital visits and all those kinds of things, I'm probably not as good in that situation as I am in other environments. And they take a little bit more out of me. So I had to learn to do more management of that. And I also gave permission for people who were better at it. I mean, that was part of being a good pastor is letting the people shine who did that better than me too, you know, um, and, and yeah. praising them for that. Mm -hmm. So it was is a combination. However, if you don't love your people, mm -hmm. you're a bad pastor. <laughs> that's just yeah. That's just that's, all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. You know, that's what we're called to do is love on our 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 flock. And and I hear a lot of times, well, the pastor he's he's there and he does a great job in our church, but he stays in his office all the time and he never is out with the people in the community. So it's a, there's, you know, that's got to overflow out into the community some too. And it is now, uh, tell me about this too. Were there some mis, misspoken expectations in that process? I, yes, I would say so. Um, so, you know, maybe the search committee didn't say, hey, we expect you to be in the yeah. community too. I think it's frustrating, and I think a lot of guys maybe get into a bad habit here, too, from the idea of, well, we want you in the office 40 hours a week, but you, we want you out in the community every day, too. Yeah, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 can't, you can't do that. I mean, so I, I think sometimes, too, we, we pigeonhole people into some, some bad habits. Maybe on the one side, they're not doing enough to work on their speaking because they're out and about so much. Or on right. the other side, they're in their office so much trying to become a better preacher that they're not out caring for the flock. And in a lot of small churches, it's about finding that balance and finding a balanced, healthy individual who can bring balance to those. You know, it's not going to be Andy Stanley speaking, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be Florence Nightingale kind of care. You know, you got to recognize that they're they're there's a little bit of a balance in there and yeah. you got to find that. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, all of us have different things that energize us just like Alan was saying a moment ago that, 
There are some things that take more out of us. Um, I am not a great studier. I, I'll just be honest with you. That was the hardest thing I had to work on getting preparing for sermons and studying. I'm a people person, and I, that energizes me to go out and be with people and to do the hospital visits and to do meetings with other folks and stuff. That gets me going. But you give me a book, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, help me. <laughs> <laughs> but you've read a lot of books. I have, but I had to force myself, and I had that was hard, you know. And I think it. that's part of it. You know, we, we have to manage those, those other sides of ministry, the things that do take more out of you. And I think that's, that's a part of a good pastor. A good pastor manages their weaknesses. A bad pastor ignores their weaknesses. Yeah. And that, that is a, that is a, I think that's a big deal. And I think that's a big difference. Um, in in that so it doesn't care for their flock if you don't care for your again if you don't love your people you're a bad pastor if you're not mm -hmm. caring for your flock and sometimes that's about delegating it's about sharing the responsibility but finding a way to care for your flock that's your responsibility are you doing that if you're not you're a bad pastor and then this other thing you know people who are just coasting and i, I think there's a danger in that we we've seen that I think there's a tendency for all of us to sometimes coast. We have to fight against it, mm -hmm. you know. So, so how do you how do you um, you know if you're a church, how do you recognize if your pastor's coasting? Well, yeah, I mean, especially if they've been there for a long time, they kind of get in the ruts. We, Alan and I, we been at our churches a long time before we changed roles and now we don't have the opportunity to coast we're, we're too busy learning what we're supposed to be doing but uh, yeah it, it, it you know you just kind of get in those habits and sometimes I've seen where churches or other organizations have done what I call a mercy hire they just hire in some guy who needs to be retiring uh, because he doesn't want to put the energy into it and the other side of it, I've got some amazing retired pastors in my association who are working and doing so much right now. I, I'm amazed. They can work me under the table. You know, so it's a it's a mindset. It's a, you know, hey, do you want to continue to minister or do you not? Yeah, the term I heard down here when I first moved um, was, oh, we want this guy. He He's still got a fire in his belly. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's a great, it's a, it's a great line. You know, you, you, you want a pastor who has a fire, fire in them for something, you know, yeah. and I think any pastor that doesn't have a fire in them for something, you know, is, is destined to become a bad pastor. You've got to have a fire in your belly for, for the word and for ministering and for being a pastor and doing that work because you know it's a job that requires fire our, our job is to encourage inspire challenge correct you know there's a there's a big long list of things that, that we have to do and you can't you can't do that passively it is, is a very active active type role and so you know yeah if you're just coasting or if you're not sure you you want to do it you know i don't like that statement you know i've had that conversation if there's anything else in the world you could do, you should do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I could be a baseball announcer. That'd be great, you know, right? Um, yeah. Probably not going to happen. But, but yeah, there are other things I could probably do and find a level of happiness. But they wouldn't be my calling. 
And, um, you know, I think that, you know, if you're not convinced of your call, you know, get get out before it gets bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll eat you alive if, if you don't, if you're not called into it. That's what keeps you going in the hard times, too. Well, and so we've kind of listed some some different characteristics or qualities that make it what we would say a bad pastor or people that should be watching out. But then why does a church, Alan, why why does a church allow somebody who fits in one of those categories to stay where they are? Um, and so we want to talk through that. Um, you know, what a, what's the first, I guess, first thing that comes to mind, Alan, when you think of that? Well, I think the first thing is is that they're afraid to do the hard thing, mm. and and they've heard they've heard bad stories too. You know, you you really don't want to be the firing church. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know because churches that do that can get into the, the the habit of that and mm-hmm. find kind of find blood in the water. But there is a way to do it. Maybe we can give a little bit of uh, conversation about that, but. But what do you what do you think, Trent, when you think of that question? Well, one of the things I wrote down, and I'm not sure I agree with what I wrote down. <laughs> but um, sometimes I don't, I wonder if people they don't realize how bad their pastor is. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, know? yeah, because I, I think that's great, Trent, because uh, you know it's not very Christian to go. You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but they say that on the way home though you know they may they may not say it to your face but they'll talk as a family in the car about oh man I sure wish you know so yeah, you ain't fool, you ain't fooling nobody you know yeah. I mean yeah. yeah yeah so so you know maybe I don't know if it's that they haven't experienced a really good pastor or th- there's some other things that go along with that but um, sometimes I just you know, I, either they don't realize or they, they don't know what they should expect. Yeah, I mean, it may be so they don't know what to do, too. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that's that's certainly a possibility that they just don't know where to go with that. You know, so yeah. maybe that's part of where we're talking with someone, you know, in a, in a different role. It can be helpful. You know, we've mm-hmm. got problems. How, how do we work around this or or, or, or what can we do? You know, I think there is a time and place to ask a pastor to go, but it shouldn't be abrupt and it shouldn't be mean-spirited. And I think that's okay. that's a part of it. Now, there are certain circumstances. If your pastor is having an affair, fire them on the spot and uh, mm-hmm. offer to get them some help, offer to pray for their marriage, be, ni- be as nice as you can be, but be as direct and blunt and get that separation as quickly as possible. If they're doing something illegal, the same, the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But in most cases, if it's just a bad fit and things aren't working out, be overly generous, be overly gracious and helping them find a new landing spot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got to ask a question related to what you just said, finding a new landing spot. One of the things I wonder, Alan, and let's talk, let's hash this out a little bit. Sometimes churches don't tell other churches that are looking at somebody what all they have done. They're like, well, I don't want to. It's like somebody needs to say, hey, this guy's going to cause a mess in your church, you know. 
Yeah, we actually, I've actually encountered that uh, fairly recently, and I don't want to give away so many details that I throw someone under a bus, but but there was a situation where um, someone heard a, a pastor was going to a church, and that pastor had not had some good experiences as a pastor, kind of had earned a negative reputation, and the church he was preaching at was unaware, but then someone, someone in the church had talked to someone where this guy had been and got a different story than what they had seen. Mm-hmm. And so then some conversations were able to happen and, and this person was not moved forward as a candidate for that church, at least because the communication did happen. Um, but it had gone on for several months before people knew what was oh, going yeah. on. And, and that they almost, they almost called this person as a pastor and it would have been catastrophic. Mm. Um, to, to that church. So, yeah, it's important. I do think it's important. That's why it's important too to, to, oh, well, look at these resumes, look at these references. Oh, those are great references. Talk to those references. Um, mm-hmm. Ask that question. Is there someone else who knows them in this role that can give us, yeah. can talk to us about this person? Um, chase, chase down the church that licensed them. See if they've, if it's a fair, if they've been licensed for four years, there's still people in the original church that licensed them, you know, find, look at those little things and, and find out those, those things of information that you can find out, um, to try to save yourself from a bad hire because the most expensive hire you will ever make is the wrong one. Yes. Yes. That's a good word. And so another another part of that is that um, sometimes people in the church don't want to rock the boat, right? Um, with the guy that they do have, um, not so much even the, the one that's going someplace else. And I, I would encourage you, you know, be redemptive. If someone, especially in the case of immorality, you need to, like Alan said, okay, from this, this moment on, you're no longer leading our church, but we don't want you to be out there without help getting better, you know? And so you try to be redemptive, but, um, you know, share with a, another church. If somebody asks you, be honest, you, you know, we have to be honest, mm-hmm. but then keep them going. Uh, like I said, there, you know, with the pastor that we have, a staff member that we have, um, sometimes people just don't want to rock the boat, right? They, they're not happy, but they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to cause things to be stirred up. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're talking about rocking the boat. And uh, Rochelle and I were on a, a ferry boat last week uh, during some rough water. Oh. <laughs> and that thing was going, that thing was going side to side to side to side. And I, I know, I, I don't think I would have made it five more minutes. Um, my, my stomach was, my stomach was turning, turning over, but that's what happens. We don't want to rock the boat because we don't want that feeling. It makes us literally sick to our stomachs to think about doing, doing something, but you know, this is God's kingdom and it deserves, it deserves the right people doing the right thing. And it may be uncomfortable. It may make us feel a little bit sick to our stomachs to have to do something, uh, but we need to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way I was getting back to my hotel room was on that ferry. So <laughs> had to do it. Had to do it. Yeah. And Didn't like there. it, but I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, we've mentioned several times on our podcast that there are times when you have to have what we call crucial conversations. Um, and they're, they're, nobody likes those things and, and with conflict, nobody enjoys that. But, but you do have to do those things at, at some point. Um, and hopefully so that you can get to the point where it becomes redemptive for your pastor or staff member. Um, because it's not going to get there until something changes, until something is said. So, um, you know, make sure that you do have those crucial conversations. And if you think, well, it'll go away if I put it off. No, it won't. It'll get worse. So you got to keep that in mind too. Yeah, it always, it'll always get worse. It does not, it is just, just doesn't get better without the conversations. So mm-hmm. make sure you're doing that. Now, can a bad pastor, here's a question. Can a bad pastor become a good pastor? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they're, um, well, scripture says we're supposed to humble ourselves before the Lord, you know. And so if they're willing to humble themselves and learn and receive some um, constructive criticism, then absolutely, I think they can. What are your thoughts so, about that? So it is it is possible, uh, but mm-hmm. some things have have got to change, and you've got to be willing to change. Um, in some cases, the church has to be willing to change, and in some cases, the pastor just needs to be changed so they they can go go and grow, and so you mm-hmm. can have the right pastors. So sometimes they can become a good pastor, but it may be somewhere else, and that's okay too. I mean, it's yeah. just. Um, it's just kind of a, a re- reality of, of what we do, but it is it's certainly possible, and that's the hope because that's what we are here for. We want to see you last in ministry. We don't want you to be content to if you look and say, "Man, I'm I think I'm kind of a bad pastor." Well, stop, <laughs> stop being a bad pastor. But Sorry. you have to take action steps to become a better pastor. You know, it's just not, desire is not enough. It it takes real life practical steps to to turn that around. Yeah. Well, and again, we mentioned at the beginning of this that sometimes setting, you're setting the place where your church is, it's not a good fit. And I I mean, I will tell you, I would not have been a good pastor in some of the places that Alan has pastored. Um, This just wouldn't have been a good fit. And so, God is in charge. This that's a, such a good reminder that God is sovereign, and He He does call us to be in those places where He can use us best. So um, yeah, I think a pastor can get better, um, can do great things, even when they've started off rough. They can change, and, and things can be better. But if it's not getting better, do something, <laughs> church. Yeah, don't right. don't let that don't let that continue on. Uh, do do mm-hmm. something to intervene, and uh, change the direction of your church. God's kingdom is at stake, and we can't continue that way. So it's kind of a I know it's a sensitive subject, and we talked around it really good. I don't know if we gave you all all the answers you would want, but I know that one of our listeners out there has some great suggestions for us. So let us know. Uh, we'll have all our contact information um, in our in our notes today. But that's our heart. We, we do this so you and your church will endure. And if you have a bad pastor and you hold on to that pastor too long, your church might not endure. So please um, take this in the spirit that it was given to you, not to rat out bad pastors, but to help provide an opportunity for correction 
and course change in all this discussion. So we're very grateful that you take time um, to listen to us each week. Trent, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you took the time to put these notes together. This is an intriguing conversation today. Um, you know, why do churches keep bad pastors? And if you've got a question you want us to tackle, um, please let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear it. So thanks for joining us and for being a part of the Enduring Churches podcast. <laughs>